Sean from the first season of Boy Meets World? Uh, goals, actually. Like, I wanted him to be my my uh, big brother when I was a kid. Right or strong? <laughs> right? Yeah. Is yeah. it because of the father issues? Uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing, my favorite Disney characters all have trauma, so. <laughs> hey, Which is most of them, actually. You're my favorite Disney character. There you go. Hey. Uh, and you're my princess. Welcome to Ew. the Herd Main Show. Yeah, you, you walked in on us doing a thing, and, and now you're here. So let's talk Star Wars. Sometimes you just walk in on your parents doing a thing, and, and, and as you, you just do, scrub it from your memory. Right. No, you remember it because they talked about Star Wars. <laughs> Let me tell you, son. <laughs> Let me tell you about Princess Leia. Right. Um, no, yeah, so uh, this is uh, our main show where we get to talk about the main love of our heart, the main fandom on our mind, and that's Star Wars. Uh, that's the... Reason for the season of nerd herding, actually. I think it's um, the reason for every season. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Put that on a t-shirt and sell it on Tee Public. We're working <laughs> on it. People have asked. We're working on okay, it. Okay. Listen, man. We only have so much time to do so many things. <laughs> right. We're, We're not as talented as all those other great podcasts. Exactly. Um, so, but no. And, and so we left a previous episode discussing what ifs. Yes. And... Um, it, some of this is going to sound familiar because here's what happened, okay? I <laughs> I have no backbone when it comes to talking to myself. And so we, we this is our second attempt at this episode. Yes. So I, by the time it gets to your ears, we've already had this conversation. Well, we won't do, we never duplicate. No. It's impossible. It, it's hard to replicate perfection. So um, there should have been a bonus mini-sode out, um, something we've never done. But we, ha- we had good parts of a conversation, but then there were other parts where it just felt like the idea, the main point of the episode, what we called it, um, you know, uh, didn't really land. We didn't get to talk about um, uh, The Phantom Menace as much as you think we would with an episode yeah. called We Love The Phantom Menace. Um and that happens time sometimes, and usually it's for goofs and gaffes, and I can take those out, and we can focus on the content. In this one, there really wasn't anything I wanted to take out. It, it's just that yeah. I wanted more. Well, like, we spent maybe 30 minutes talking about The Phantom Menace when it's like an hour show. <laughs> yeah, and, and so we really just didn't get to give the whole episode to the point. Yeah. Uh, not to say that things we didn't, uh, that we discussed weren't important or good, um, you know, what got out, I think, was a meaningful conversation about kind of the background of, of what it means to kind of revisit the things you love for the sake of hopefully uh, loving them more yeah. or maybe revisiting them because you didn't like them, but you really want to, um, you know, and giving things a proper chance. And yeah. I, I think a lot of people have circled back to the prequels. I think a lot of people can say that they enjoy those movies and not just Revenge of the Sith now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, that conversation was a good uh, encouragement for those that are maybe still on the fence or maybe those um, that it's not even about the prequel trilogy. Maybe it's about the original trilogy. Maybe it's about the sequels. Maybe there's things of Star Wars uh, and other media that you just haven't been able to enjoy. And, and maybe it's just because that first time around wasn't the best for you. Mm-hmm. So um, we talk about that at length. That should be out. Uh, and, you know, it, it just... It's a bonus. There you go. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. But for and, and the big reason to do it over, and again, it's not from a script. That was part of our problem. That's usually where we get rambly. Um, but usually, again, we can save it. Yeah. Um, the, 
Part of the problem with this one, though, and why I couldn't let it go is because we have both come to the point of putting this, I think, at number one on our Star Wars watch list. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's the movie that we put on when we're just sitting at home and nothing to do. Sometimes I'll just look over and you're scrolling through Disney Plus and I know exactly what <laughs> yeah. you're going for. It, it's it's, it's, it's uh, our, I wanted to say my, but it's it's our Star Wars happy place. Yeah, and, not, and, not even just Star Wars. It's our comfort movie. Yeah, and so, yeah, oh, it transcends that. And, and so... That wasn't necessarily the whole reason behind the episode was we love this one movie so much so we want to do an episode episode dedicated to it. It was revisiting something we've already done where we've talked about most of the movies. I still think we haven't done the sequel trilogy, but that's neither here nor there. Either way, we talked about Star Wars movies and why we love them, but that was in the early wee baby days of Nerd Herder. We've grown. We didn't even have teeth. I have so much more hair now. You do. (laughs) So uh, I, I feel like... It, it's worth coming back to, even if we don't say anything new. Uh, although I think we will, because if you actually go back to our original 10 Things We Love About The Phantom Menace, which was what the original uh, series was, where we just list off 10 things, um, that was three hours long. To date, our longest episode, uh, which is hilarious. Dude, we used to be so hopeful in the content that we made that people, oh yeah, people will sit through three hours of this crap, like... It's not crap. I know. It, I'm aware of this, but at the same time, like, people got to do other things, man. They, <laughs> right. they got families to there, feed. There's better... Uh, I could listen to a three-hour podcast. I have, actually, on very certain topics. Totally. Not I'm, The Phantom Menace. I'm listening to a nine-hour audiobook at the moment. Yeah. I mean, so we know things like that are doable, and whenever people, like, comfort us with, like, it, it actually isn't that long, it's fine, it's whatever. It's just, you know, it. Yeah. same reason with why we're redoing this. It's, we, we get in our own creative heads and we want to do something that's good and deliverable um, at the same time of being true to ourselves. Absolutely. And both of those reasons mixed into a milkshake that created this take two of wanting to be true to our favorite Star mm-hmm. Wars movie and be true to delivering a decent episode because let's face it, that's what you expect. You'd expect decent. You don't. Ex- you don't come here expecting... You know, we're D tier at best. <laughs> you don't you don't expect the best, but you get what you get. Um, so there you go. Uh, it you know it subscribe to Patreon if you want the unreleased cut. Uh, maybe I don't know, uh, but you can support us on Patreon. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I mean, we've gotten the big part out of the way, and again, Minnesota is out there, and we do talk about it there of the idea behind. We talked about what if mm-hmm. the idea of looking to what could we have gotten and and so now we want to revisit each of the films in the prequel trilogy because that was what we discussed in the what if episode Mm -hmm. and basically just say okay well here's why we love what we got yes um and and so i mean we've said up front pretty boldly already that it's like our favorite it's the top of the list when it comes to star wars for us um and I, I know for me, it's because it's super nostalgic. Oh, it, for me, it's just because it's a good dang-gum movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is a fantastic film. It is so pretty to look at. It's, despite what the internet may say at some points, it's incredibly well-written. Mm-hmm. The story is so well thought out that you see the literal footsteps of Palpatine on his way to power. Like, that is my favorite part of the prequel series. And I, I think that's one of the best ways to watch... I, I don't think it's the only or the way, but I, I think that's a really great way to watch this movie is mm-hmm. if, if it is troubling for you, if it is just like, oh my gosh, this is 
just thick with politics. I mean, my goodness, those badonkadonk jeans are full <laughs> of politics. Um, watch it for the schemes of Palpatine. Everybody loves Palpatine. You know, no, nobody's, nobody's shamed Ian McDermott for his, his evil villainness. No. Um, so clearly people love him. So watch it, watch it as his movie. Um, I don't think that's the best way to watch it, but it is a way if you, yeah. if you, if you need, um, something to get you through. And so, um, yeah, this one for me has always been, uh, a favorite. I, I think though it's only become the favorite, um, in the past, maybe let's say seven years, maybe, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to even just remember. I'm trying to do math in my head. What happened in the last seven years? <laughs> well, I, I, I will say r- right around like 2015, yeah. which is when we got married. And I know that's what you're referencing. Um, yeah, right around 2015, I know there was some mm-hmm. sort of shift uh, where this just became a very different movie to me. Um, and, and I can't even explain what changed. I think part of it was trying to make me like it. <laughs> Probably. Like, uh, I remember you not making me, but very much encouraging me to do a rewatch mm-hmm. when you found out that I had a bit of a low opinion of this movie. Yeah. Uh, that has changed completely, by the way. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, you are here of your own free will, correct? <laughs> exactly. Say it clearly into the microphone. No, just I am here of my own free will. There is not a gun <laughs> to my head. Camera no, is not a boba. in the room. Just a boba. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because... And, and it's kind of what this episode is about. And we, we talked about it in the mini episode of, you know, this is meant to be a slice of pie of, this is just us loving what we love. Yeah, man. We would rather not beat you over the head with why it's stupid to hate on these movies. We'd rather just talk about why they're great. Yeah. Um, and, and it comes from a place of, because it's just really special. Exactly. And, and so, you know, when we got together, that was important to me. Not that you agree and make them your favorites but that you understand me mm-hmm. because it, it is one of those things it's not just a cheesy facebook post but if you can't understand star wars and what i think about it you can't understand me because they're just so linked and, and it's not to say that if you don't like star wars that's a different story but if you can't yeah. at least understand and appreciate this weird space movie uh, about a very dysfunctional family is important to me and and actually makes me half the person you think I am. Yeah. Th- that's that's kind of important. And in doing that, I found parts of myself that I didn't know were there. Right. Like I started paying attention and loving the movies for myself, not just to please you and, you know, placate the ever screaming well, terror of oh no, what if she doesn't like Star Wars? No. Yeah, well, I mean, you were you were honest with it. I yeah. mean, and, and I mean, even back into our um, original 10 things, it still wasn't your favorite. I mean, so it's it's not even that it's just been while we're together. It's just been in how we've been experiencing Star Wars, I think. Yeah, um, and it, it was really just moments of realizing, oh, I love the way that they did that. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way that the pottery sounds. I've said that about a thousand times. Let's get... Some of the best sound design I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, you're going to talk at length about two specific things, and that's yes. the pod race and Darth Maul. <laughs> of course. That's my boy and my pod race. Right. I guess. Yeah. Either of them had legs. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it'd be a weird uh, pod race on, on legs. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I know for me it's always been a favorite, but it's become more and more special. 
Um, uh, we talked back actually a couple years ago with Celebration because at Celebration, or well, not at Celebration, just a little bit beforehand. It was Celebration. It was celebrated at Celebration. It didn't yes. actually turn 20 there though, but um, that was the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And because of that, and because it was um, at Celebration, uh, where it's just emotional. Incredibly and, emotional. You know, it was a year after losing my mom. Uh, I talked at length, but already of like, yeah, that's part of the reason, especially recently, uh, it's gotten very special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's the thing is not every film, and I've said this about The Last Jedi, not every film, if you asked me, I could explain what I think, what I like. I, I can't tell you everything because I can't give you my life experiences. And that's that's a meaningful thing behind a lot of my opinions, especially with Star Wars and other things, is it's just, it's special because it was special to me. It, it's not because I can list off the accolades that it won, not because I think that it had an all-star cast or that it was perfect even. It comes down to, I have memories. I have 22 years worth of memories w- with this movie. And in that space, a lot has been done to make me love it even more. Absolutely. You know, it's. It, I start to not care about the features that a lot of people get hung up on. Um, I, you know, I didn't have many gripes with it to begin with, but then to come in and just be like, "Wow, this is so special." I don't even regard uh, things other people see. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you can. Cause people call it nostalgia, nostalgia goggles, or nostalgia berries, or whatever. Like, like you're you're too high to see because you are just so in love with the nostalgia of it. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, like. Is that such a detriment to film viewing experiences? Like, I don't understand why people downplay nostalgia so much. Like, that's what that's what made Kong versus Godzilla happen. Like, <laughs> right. was nostalgia. And and so to to marry the two ideas of this of nostalgia and and what we kind of delved into in our minisode, because what really drove that sidelined conversation so much was just this idea of. That, that is the negative side to nostalgia. It is the idea of getting so high on the fumes of the original experience that yeah. you can't experience anything else. And, and that's not what I'm talking about because I, I love all of Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, so clearly loving nostalgically the, the, the Phantom Menace hasn't ruined the rest of the experience for me. And that's because I treat every one, every part of it like that. Um and I think that's the thing that's missing from those two experiences. You know, we, we talked about the idea of people that just experience it that one way, that one time, and that's it. And it's just, they don't want to, they aren't willing to kind of open the gates a little bit wider of like, you can fit more Star Wars in your life. Yeah. I, I promise. And you'll be better for it. Exactly. But There's people, always room. But, but sometimes we get so stuck on, well, but I just love this so much. Um, I know I went through that with um, uh, Gundam. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I just liked a very particular part, and it was the... So imagine Star Wars, the the story we've gotten, and then imagine another story where somebody's like, okay, Star Wars, but not in the future. Like, not like uh, 3,012. We're talking 2,012. You know, all of a sudden, that's a whole different setting. That's sacrilege to the original characters like that's not what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be you know the future it's supposed to be an advanced culture it's not supposed to be just normal people i don't want to watch a show about normal people none of these people have cool names right so it's just like 
but you know so i was very much like hey this is the story that uh the original creator made and that's the only way gundam should be experienced uh and i cut myself off from a lot of unique stories because there was other people that were like i love the commentary of giant robot fighting being about politics but i want to take it to more real politics we're talking about people migrating to space that's mm -hmm. a little unrelatable let's talk about uh war in the middle east you know let's let's talk about um you know genetics and and race mm -hmm. let's talk about things that are more relatable and real and all of a sudden some of those series have actually become my favorite gundams yeah and and so it's the same thing of just like for so long i i, I was typecast i was like this is the the gundam experience and i was actually missing out on things because of that Mm -hmm. Now, I could have watched the new things and been completely like, it is actually garbage. I was right all along. But at least I tried. You know what? I You talking about that reminded me of something I was, I forgot mentioning in the mini-sode. was like, I, I had the same exact experience with Bumblebee. Oh, like, with Transformers? Yes, because I have not been. That's a really good modern, well, eh, it's modern. like two years old now. Yeah, about oh, there. Yeah. Two years anyway, um, I Transformers is a special you don't like, animal. <laughs> you don't like the Bay movies. I don't like, I, I like one and two. You don't have to say that's that. It. I know. Okay. I I can watch one and two. Okay, there. Like, that that's what I was looking for because I know it. I I knew you weren't being completely honest there. <laughs> I can watch one and two. We're talking about it on the Star Wars are, podcast, so anything we say yeah, it doesn't matter. Fine. <laughs> the rest are garbage in my eyes, but, you know, watchable garbage. Don't, don't worry. You hear it here. We, we're going to have a series on it, and I'm going to change your mind about some of them. And then sure. I'm going to solidify your opinions about other ones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, and so going with that, like, going, when you got so excited about going to see Bumblebee, and we watched the trailers, and I was like, oh, it's, it's another Transformers movie. Yeah, it, look, it looks like it blends in. But then... We went to see it, and it is incredible. I loved that movie so much. It it is my favorite, and there's not many. I, I'm not yes. saying this to be. I'm not saying this to make it sound like it beat a long list of uh, applicants. But yeah, uh, next to the original 1984 Transformers movie, um, this is the best Transformers movie. Dare to be stupid. Yeah, that one. Okay. So the uh, there there's it's like Power Rangers where there's the movie and then there's movies. So, like, there, there was animated stuff, but essentially, yeah. when we're talking about theatrical films, there was the film that jump-started the, the shift in between seasons, and then, essentially, there was not anything until we got uh, uh, the, the Bayverse, and, and, you know, and then that's capped with uh, Bumblebee. Yeah. Um, Michael but, Bay decided he liked money. Uh, yeah. I, and, and, that, and, and genuinely, I, I do enjoy a good bit of the those films and and that's why i wanted to so similar sentiment behind this episode to what i want to do eventually with transformers is the idea of i want to talk about what i love yeah. because i feel like that's not talked about with bay movies you either hear people just outright just say they're great masterpieces they're the way transformers was meant to be experienced and then you have people that are like it's utter garbage and michael bay should be in jail shia labeouf is a great actor he is um, I want to be that middle where I'm just like, hey, I see there's problems with it, but here's what I like and why it's special. Yeah. I um, mean, and that's a great attitude to have about a lot of things. Well, if I can come to that with Michael Bay movies, you you can come to that with The Phantom Menace and the prequel Absolutely. trilogy. Not you specifically. You have. Yeah. You've seen Jesus. But 
everyone else. I've seen Qui-Gon <laughs> Jesus, yes. I feel like with these episodes, the prequels aren't, like I said, I feel like more people have come around. Yeah. We've seen it with, uh, you know, the resurgence of fans for Ahmet Best and the support for him. We've seen it. I mean, obviously, Kenobi's uh, coming um, in the, actually, they're filming this month, I think. So Ewan McGregor is still just as loved and, and swooned over as he was back then. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen is back. Um, you know, I, I, we're, we're clearly making a, a, a lot of progress and a lot of people have come back around. And, and that's essentially what has to happen. And, and, and that was our idea behind the mini-sode was it, it takes time. Yeah. You know, it takes going back to it. But the thing is, so many people take so long to go back to it. I mean, when Ahmed Best maybe like a year, year and a half ago was just coming out uh, and being honest with his experiences with The Phantom Menace and everything, that's so, like, I mean, 20-ish years later, seriously, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, people are just now waking up. I'm, it's one of those things, you want to be glad they woke up at all, but it's just like, if, if we push ourselves to stretch our understanding and, and, and to stretch our, um, I'm trying to think of a word. I'm not trying to make it sound, these are stupid space movies. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not trying to make it sound more intense than it is, but I just think that there's meaning here. Absolutely. Um, and I think that because there is to me. And I want people to understand that. And, and I want people that either get it to say yes, you know, and, and understand it too, or I want people that don't get it to maybe think about it at least. Um, to give it a thought, and and that's where empathy starts, is where you start to see others in your experiences. You start to think of, well, I don't like this, but I know someone that does. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah. Or, I don't like this. I've tried it plenty, but I know someone that does, so I'm not going to say that, or I'm not going to tweet that, or I'm not going to make that joke. Big time. Um, and you know what? Sometimes that comes with the understanding that you may not get another shot. Like, right. There, we hear from Ahmed Best a lot. Like, he is in the community now. Jake we, Lloyd isn't. We may never hear from Jake Lloyd again. Mm-hmm. And that is the fault of fans. Yeah. Air quotes. It, it, it's, it's really horrible. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the things, too, that I've had in recent years in mind with this is I'm watching that and thinking, man, I wish people loved it the way I did. Exactly. I wish I even wish these people knew how much I loved it. I like, I'm that, I, you know, I relish moments to be able to tell people what they mean to me uh, because I don't get to do it often and usually I want to do it too late. So being able to take moments like that and be like, hey, you did this stupid movie 20 years ago. It's amazing. Thank you so much. That's, that's, that's it. I just want you to know one person cares. Yeah. And, and it's so easy that that get lost in the dollars, that that get lost in the, um, you know, the, the cons and, and the audiences and everything. And I think being able to personally mm-hmm. put that into words is important. Dude, you better believe if I ever get the chance to meet Nicolas Cage, the first thing out you of my had, mouth is going to be, I love Vampire's Kiss so much. You had to bring it up. Of course. He, he know, he, that's his so favorite good. movie. It's mine too. Yeah. Like, I love I, that I, movie I love so that, much. I love that moment where you realized then that it was just that, oh, me too. Like, you know, it's that cheesy, like, rom-com, like, Oh, you like Blades of Grass? Me too. <laughs> Are you saying that Nicolas Cage might be my soulmate? <laughs> no, I, I would not wish that upon you. Oh, I'm wow. your soulmate. You are my soulmate. I actually go with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> no, no I want you. Um, so as far as more specific things with the film, um, 
lot, lots uh, said about the meaning of it and, and all of that stuff and what's important to us. Um, I've had a long time to uh, enjoy a lot of things, so I'd like to give it more to you. I know you've got specific things you want to talk about, so, but I, I just know that there's a lot I could just barf up about why I love this movie. And you will. I'd rather not barf over you. I'd rather let you do it and then me barf on that and it'd be like a, a Sunday. Um, you know, we're, we're a Monday, really. We'd a call Wednesday. That. <laughs> there you go. I'd, I'd say that's a Wednesday. That's a Wednesday. Because Wednesdays aren't great. The, just the middle of the week. Two bad days in between. Uh, what was I going to say? ADHD. Yeah. It's a heck it's of a drug. Um, well, the first thing I want to talk about because it's one of my favorite things about this movie, mm-hmm. is that it is so daggum pretty. It is. This movie is gorgeous. Like, from just the forest that they're running through uh, on the way to the Gungan City. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, just the texture on the battle droids. <laughs> gorgeous. The ships. Don't even get me started on the ships. So shiny. So shiny. <laughs> Um, well, and that's the thing, is there is clearly a change in, in um, film uh, approach because of the original trilogy. It, it picks up more as it progresses, but overall, mm-hmm. there's not too many moments they linger on being artsy. Yeah. Um, there's particular ones, obviously, we can probably come to mind. You know, the AT-ATs coming over the horizon. Incredible. The um, binary sunset, you know, the, the shot of Luke at the pyre. Like, there's many moments where you you get those very similar, like, we're going to do this, it's going to look a certain way, and it's going to be just so amazing, and it's going to capture everything we want. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the flair and a lot of the, the beautiful scenes, I think, of the original trilogy are in motion. They're not yeah. um, lingering shots. They're, they're things that are happening. Like, oh, they did, like, you know, obviously, uh, of course, with the... the um, the miniature effects and everything. It's things where it's like, wow. Like, you you love Leica. I love stop motion. I, I love moments where, I, wow, you just made such a fluid movement with a piece of cardboard. Dude, um, I cried the first time I saw the garden in Coraline because I was like, nothing's it, ever going to top that. It's spectacular. And so uh, the, 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 the way we feel about, you know, the Coruscant sunset with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, the way we feel about... Um, the hills of Naboo, the way we feel about other moments throughout the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. is the way we feel about those action moments. So it's really interesting how over time things changed uh, to where, no, we want, a, we want a vignette almost. It's almost like in the prequel trilogy and somewhat in the sequel trilogy, we want moments where you can stop, frame it, and it's good. Whereas oh, yeah. original trilogy, if you tried to stop and frame it, it's blurry because it, yeah. it's something happening. Well, I think like... There's a lot to say of calm before the storm. Like, you have to think, in the prequel era, it's a time of peace mm-hmm. right before the Clone Wars. Right. Like, they have these long, peaceful moments. Like, uh, you have Padme cleaning R2. It, there's a, a good 30 seconds where no dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, just music. You have that quiet moment between Shmi and Qui-Gon. You have so many little points that you can stick a pin in and be like, that is a moment of peace. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the original trilogy, it's a, it, it's in the opening crawl. It's a time of war. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no time for just farting around, Dwaddling. taking peace. Well, that's a really interesting parallel to draw. And, and 
really just off the top of my head, the moments of calm that I think of in the original trilogy really are moments of uh, contemplation more than anything. Like, it's uh, it's moments of yeah. something's not what it should be. You know, even yeah. the binary sunset that we mentioned is a moment of, that's Luke longing for more. It, it's exactly. He's not settled. He's not at peace. He, he wants more. And I'm going to blow your mind because I just realized something. Uh-huh. All of the moments in peace in the sequel trilogy are moments of acceptance. You have Luke sitting on the rock. You have yeah. Ben about to chuck his lightsaber. Right. Like, there are so many moments of just... And, and you know oh, what? Somebody could probably undo I this whole it. theory, but it makes my heart happy, so don't. Absolutely. Um, it's almost as if the goal of inner peace comes through acceptance. Right. It's almost as if the thing that I've been saying for years is actually right. Right. But whatever. Validation. I'm not in Nirvana. Well, yeah, and, and you captured a glimpse of what is... Um, so beautiful about these films and and i think because this is the first it lingers a lot more is this sets up this idea of peace this because really obviously the plot wouldn't exist if there really was peace um so it's really more of this idea of peace and and eventually getting the shroud taken off uh, and realizing what uh, society and what existence really is in this world there's a wrinkly old man underneath the shroud (laughs) right um but yeah, over overall, it's just a lot of this is all about the idea of uh, privilege and, and this idea of um, enjoying something that's more finite than we like to admit. Yeah. We, we like to just enjoy life, not realizing how quickly that can be disturbed or how at the expense that is. Yeah. Uh, whereas, uh, obviously, in the original trilogy, they know that's what they're fighting for again is to exactly. get to that place of peace. And like, I... Y- Pointing it at real life is so poignant because I had the thought just a few hours ago, like our entire life, we were born in the 90s, growing up now, we've been at war that entire time. Yeah. Like, that's insane to think about. Yeah, there's been stuff, I mean, and I think that's something that attributes to, uh, and I think that's why a lot of younger folks like the sequels um, or don't see as much uh shoehorned political uh speak in them as uh, other people because it reflects too much of what they already kind of experience and see so much that it's just like no this is this is relatable like this might not be maybe relatable to you and and, uh, obviously we're not speaking for everyone but it's just the idea that that could contribute to why because i will say most i'm not saying all because i know we are friends with many uh, older folks who do enjoy the sequel just fine. They grew yeah. up with the originals and now they love the new ones. It's fine. But there's plenty of people that this is their favorite Star Wars. You know, the, yeah. the new stuff is is what uh, peaks for them. And I think it's because they see they see a resemblance. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, and, and that's just another reason why. It, it Like, we're shaped in how we uh, consume media and how we consume entertainment how we can i won't say consume people how we relate to people we're, we're shaped in that we we yeah we aren't neutral ever yeah don't consume um, people unless it's consensual yeah. uh not even then it's still illegal it's um, vegan though no, technically that doesn't matter <laughs> don't worry officer it's gluten-free one of these days i'm gonna give the full theorem of how uh human meat with consent given is vegan but i don't think y'all are ready for vegan, that. vegan but still illegal Put that on a t-shirt. Sell it on T-Public. We're getting there. Um, so, and, you know, 
you talk about it being a beautiful film. I this is one of those movies. Even if I'm not completely paying attention to it, just by hearing it, I see it. Oh yeah. I I I think I've watched it so many times. It is in here. Like I've literally had the thought of like, well, if I was ever thrown in prison for the rest of my life, I'd be okay because I got all of Star Wars right here, baby. Um, but no film more than this one, uh, when it comes to just viscerally experiencing it without even seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, just having the sounds, and, and also it's just how much more memorable the sounds are. Um, this, this film in particular, there's so many things where it's just like, it's there's no good reason why I remember, you know, J327 Nubian. Like, like why Ooh, why yeah. do I remember? Yeah, like, why do I remember? It, it, but it's stuff like that, like Watto's accent. Um, it's the way Qui-Gon says things. It's the, mm-hmm. the sound, like... The, the ping of the bolts off of the, the shields at the, the battle on Naboo. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, such specific sounds. Like, Ben Burt at his peak, I think. Absolutely. Uh, of sound engineering. So it's like, in, in every way, it's beautiful. The way it looks, the way it sounds. Um, and, I mean, you can't talk about that without talking about John Williams. It's got the best score. Incredibly so. It's fantastic. Uh, Duel of Fates can, has not been taught, and I am still bitter it was not in Rise of Skywalker. Like, okay. that trailer promised me. Right? That was that was the most hype That moment. was the portrayal. Because it really was the Duel of Fates yet again, and I could go on for hours about that, but we're not talking about Tross yet. Not yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, like, this this movie has incredible sound design. Like, like you said, even just from the ambient noises while they're walking through Naboo Forest, like, uh, listening to the sounds of the bongo in, um, when they're going through the water, that's so soothing. Mm-hmm. Personally, I well, just, I think it's nice. It, yeah, this whole film is the meme of, like, you can't hear pictures. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, even if you took every frame of this and, and stilled it, I, like, mm-hmm. I'd still hear it every moment, and I'd hear the next moment, and the next moment, and everything. Um. And again, I don't, I can't, I can't put it into quantifiable terms. I can't make it what, like, why this is so special because it's just like, it's just the way I've lived my life with this movie. And Mm -hmm. that does make it sound way more important than it probably should be. But it's just one of those things where it's just like, this is special for my own reasons. And I think that's the ultimate goal of enjoying something is to love it for your own reasons. Absolutely. Not necessarily something you can host a panel on at Celebration. Like, enjoy it for reasons you can't explain. Like Exactly. That that's joy to me is is it's I can't I I can't give you my joy. I can only help you experience your own. Exactly. Um and, and that's what this movie is like is is enjoying it so much that I just I want to um, share it and I want people to see it the, the way I do but their way yeah like I even when I wasn't a fan of The Phantom Menace mm-hmm. if I can gush about my boy a little bit yeah please do um, that's where you were supposed to go and then we got to talking about how beautiful this movie <laughs> it is it is gorgeous it's mostly beautiful because Liam Neeson let's Absolutely. be honest he is a gorgeous man space daddy I don't mean it like that. I mean, I have childhood trauma from not having a father, and I just want Liam Neeson to call me boy, okay? I love you, Space Daddy. <laughs> Teach me how to pull my hair back. Right. Yeah, exactly. I want to I want, I want. have my hair just like that one day. Anyway. Yeah, someday. Darth Maul. Um, no hair. No legs. <laughs> no, oh. All the personality. Why, why you gotta, why you gotta <laughs> remind of me? Um, so, yeah. Even when I was not a fan of The Phantom Menace, there was something 
about that duel. That the, just the fact that it was amazing. It was incredible. I I I say mystifying. Like it stops me in my tracks, even though I've seen it a thousand times. Bro, I almost tweeted um, when I put a picture up of our black series Jar Jar. I mean, obviously that broadcast yet again. Yes, I'm watching the Phantom Menace. Um, the same day, I literally told myself, I'm like, I can't, I can't post about Phantom Menace twice. I can't gush and that you much. Can. Um, so I didn't post it, but I literally almost posted like. I was having that in the background. The, the the thing that stopped me was I heard Jar Jar in his first scene, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I've got a Jar Jar figure now. I'm so mm-hmm. happy about that. Um, same thing. Film progresses, gets to that climactic duel. The doors open. Yes. You know, we get that awesome, we'll handle this. And like, yeah. So in that moment, everything stopped. No. I'm, I'm, I'm in front of the screen like a foot away, probably bad for my eyes, and I'm just, I'm there. Dude, I want to see this movie in theaters or oh i want to gosh. do the orchestra experience it was and, and that's the thing is and it, it shouldn't have been the most important thing when i was a kid i i do regret not appreciating it uh for what it was i got to see it for my birthday <laughs> i got whacked with the lightsaber a lot <laughs> um but i'm glad i didn't enjoy i'm glad i wasn't like all in my feelings uh, about uh i'm seeing this in the theaters it's special because it's in the theater it, bump that noise I like I was experiencing my Star Wars with my mom for the first time on the biggest screen I'd ever imagined. I just bought a freaking Jabba the Hutt figure that pukes goo. I was so happy about it. I bought 12 freaking uh, battle droid security bots. Like I was because they were red. Yes. Okay. So like I was I was just happy. And it had nothing to do with seeing it in the theater. Now, now I want to go back and experience it in the Absolutely. theater. Absolutely. But like, I, I guess that to say, like, I, I envy that experience, but I'm glad I didn't make that the priority as a kid. Oh, absolutely. You were um, just a kid watching a movie. I was just having fun, and and now I want to have fun, and it just like cry in a theater <laughs> full of people. Oh, you better believe. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna sob. I mean, because. Yeah, like that that was the the first Star Wars movie I could like own. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't watching um it recorded on VHS tapes. I wasn't watching the special edition hand-me-downs. I was watching it yeah on screen. And yeah, now that's super huge to me, but then it was just because this is Star Wars. This is amazing to me and here I am. Like it like Fuck me like a hurricane. It was right. It was just it was just such a pure thing. It wasn't a I'm doing this and it's going to be great because this is the way to experience movies. It was just a kid loving Star Wars, and man. You, you know, I've I've told this story on the podcast before, but I think about it all the time and it's still just a moment of joy in our relationship. Um, when we went to go see The Force Awakens mm-hmm. in theaters, we went to see it first, just the two of us, then with my family. The way that you gripped my hand when the opening <laughs> crawl started. Yeah, it's visceral from the I get-go. I saw that kid. Yeah. And I was so happy to see him. Yeah. Because, well, like, it, it's the moment of innocence. It's, 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 it's still there. And that's why I say, like, I just, you know, it's it's not a one or the other. It's just, it's, every Star Wars gets treated that way in its own way. I mean, it's not the same reasons for each one. Mm-hmm. Um, every, every one is its own unique uh, and meaningful experience. We were just as excited to see Rogue One and Solo as we were to see everything else. Oh, yeah. Well, because I know it's going to be the next special thing. It, I, I know it's going to be something that in an hour, in two and a half hours, 
I'm going yeah. to love forever. And I was so happy that we watched the Clone Wars before seeing Solo. Like we had just finished our watch through. Yeah. And then, oh, that ending. That was a good payoff for you. That was so, so good. So your your boy, I, we kind of got sidetracked, You're but fine. no, I, I I'm right there with you of that moment. I like I, it was even with a, a friend recently where. Um, we were talking about, and we were we got to that conversation, and we're just like, but you can like the lightsaber fight, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. and it's like, you want to watch it? <laughs> and we just watched the lightsaber fight, so we literally just watched the last like twenty minutes of the movie. It's, that is poetic cinema, in my it's opinion. It's amazing. It people rag on, you know, just watching movie scenes. You haven't watched the whole movie, but there are some scenes that capture such special moments of film. That yeah. you can just watch over and over again and feel like you just watched the whole film. <laughs> and I think Duel of Fates, the lightsaber fight scene, is so incredible. Not just because of John Williams' incredible score, even though that does add a lot to it. Yeah. Because um, you can hear it. <laughs> exactly. It's the, it's the implication. It's mm-hmm. what's behind why it's called the Duel of Fates. Yeah, it's a meaningful, it's exactly. a meaningful battle, and and, and those Eight are times. the best Star Wars ones. And one could argue they're all meaningful, but I definitely think that Anakin Fury fighting Dooku on Geonosis was mm-hmm. maybe not as meaningful as other ones. No, just because it, it it's meaningful in a different way. It's meaningful for the character. It's not meaningful for the fight. Yeah. Um, and and, and so that like, and maybe we'll talk about like lightsaber fights at some point. Maybe. And and. The meanings and implications of them all and everything. We'll but, both cry talking about the Battle of Heroes. Right, but the uh, the mean the ones with weight, the ones with uh, uh, power behind them for the rest of the story are the ones that stay. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, definitely this one and all that goes on and all that hangs in the balance of what this random battle means. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's serious. It's 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 weighty. Yeah. Um, and I think that the uh, flair of the battle really captures that. Um, Nick Gillard, who did the choreography for these movies, uh, really fantastically translated sword fighting into acting because, mm-hmm. like, it makes you feel uneasy. Even the fight with Obi-Wan and um, Maul after Qui-Gon's killed, he's got... Four more episodes. Well, really, he's got six more episodes. We know he's going to be fine. Yeah. But I am nervous. Um, you know, it's just like so tense, even knowing what's going to happen to this character uh, years after. Yeah. So um, it it's really it's really amazing what they were able to capture. Oh, absolutely. In that, I do I do agree. Battle of Heroes is a little different, though. Oh yeah. Um, but. We can talk about it when it gets there. I'm not one of those 100%. that craps on it because it's too flashy. I love it. Look, man, there's a reason for the flash. Yeah. Like, I will preach that to the day I die. No, I agree. And and it's just, this one's less tense. Yeah. I mean, so whereas the Phantom Menace captures where, oh my gosh, I'm worried about Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. But isn't he in the next movie? Like, episode three doesn't make me forget that they're fine after mm-hmm. this. I mean, arguably, Obi-Wan's more fine than Anakin. But... They're both fine. Yeah, <laughs> They're still they both live. alive. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe not emotionally, <laughs> but um, that one doesn't suspend me as much. No, which is why I love the flare even more because even though it's not giving giving me tension, it's at least giving me stakes. It, it is at least still uh, like, how are they going to do this? How is he going to win? How is he going to lose? Like, I'm I'm more caught in 
okay, you haven't convinced me I need to be worried about Anakin, but you have convinced me I don't know how this is going to play out. Yeah. Obviously now for the 300th viewing I do, but it's still enjoyable. Oh, absolutely. Like That um, was supposed to say for that episode, but. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we'll talk about it more because I have a lot to say about the duel. Um, there, well, it's a long duel. It's a long duel. Like, and you can see the pre-characterization of Maul in this duel. Like, you get that moment of patience, reluctant patience, right before the door, or the... Uh, energy gates. Thank you. The energy gates open. Mm-hmm. Like, you get the pacing of a wild animal in front of those energy gates. Right. You get, like, the snideness of his character even before Sam Whitworth got his hands on him. Mm-hmm. Like, you get... So much of that character in that brief time that we get with him. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I think they did a good job of setting him up. Yeah, even without knowing they were setting him up. And I I remember I said a lot about this last time, and I don't remember any of it, and yeah. that's fine. I, I think you summed it up well. But, I, yeah, I, I think even without knowing what they were doing, they were creating a character. And, well, obviously they were creating a character, but they were creating <laughs> a character that needed to serve a purpose. Yeah. And for them in that production, it served its purpose. Not knowing that what they did to make this throwaway villain would end up making a villain that would last, what, like 20 more years? Yeah. Uh, not 20. Less no? than 20, but more than No, 10. actually more than 20, because it was 10 years, uh, then 3, so that's 13 plus 19, so that's 32. Um so a good chunk of Maul's life. Yeah. Uh, so sadness. Um, sad boy. I, I, oh, that is what originally drew me to the character of Maul is that he looks cool. Number one. Yeah. Everybody big, was there with you. Cool. Yeah. He. Two blades. Exactly. Oh boy. He has such a finesse to him. And like, I've. I've talked about my love for Maul so much on this podcast. You, there, We have hours and hours of footage of me <laughs> Probably. talking about it. But the thing that I keep coming back to is that he has been my constant favorite throughout all the times I've watched The Phantom Menace, even when I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he has been built upon so much in the past, you know, however many years that that has just solidified his place in my heart. Mm-hmm. As my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I consider him dual daddied. Like, <laughs> I thought you said dual daddy, and I was like, yeah, because that's dual, dual, but, but no, also, that's not what you meant. No, like, he belongs to. This guy got two dads, right? That's what you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. He belongs <laughs> He's to. He's dual wielding his dads. <laughs> I'm trying to finish the sentence here. He belongs to both Ray Park and Sam Whitworth, in my mind. Okay, gotcha. And yes. also. That. The person whose name that escapes did that me. voice. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I don't remember. Maybe you should have been able to do a jump kick and you would have gotten the jump. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Maybe you're um, not trying hard enough. Right. No. You know. Um, uh, what are you, Sonya Blade and in, in Mortal Kombat? No come kicks. <laughs> Look at those limp noodle kicks. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, if you gosh. can't tell, we've been prepping for talking about Mortal Kombat soon. Oh yes, we um, have been prepping. And, yeah. Like, go ahead. I, I was just gonna. Uh, follow up. I mean, where it would have been a very um, ar- arguably gate kept thing, and I, I think even some in uninformed people would still gate keep Darth Maul as a favorite because you mean that guy that was in that one duel for twelve minutes, and it's just oh, like honey. he's so gotten much so much more. And 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 
at the end of the day, whether you like him because he had a cool duel once, and that's all you know, or whether you like him because he was really cool in that one legacy comic where um, Uncle, I almost said Uncle Ben, no. too much Marvel, Uncle Owen shot him. Yeah. Um, or whether you've watched everything from Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know one of those was a side caveat. Uh, probably not many people have read that comic. I, it's I, fine. But anyway, um, all of that's valid. Mm-hmm. If that's why you're, he's your favorite character, all of that is valid. Like, gosh dang it, just love what you love, okay? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's the thing. And I, I've talked about it before of, like, I felt so inferior as a fan because I liked Boba Fett. Because what what did he do? I don't know. I just like him. Like, exactly. I felt so, like, on edge all the time having to defend, like, you know, what's your favorite character? Boba Fett. But it's because, like, I, I was immediately ready to give... Mm-hmm a reasoning and a rationale because I'm not like those other people that just think he looks cool although really I am because that was his character forever was he just looked cool and then eventually he kind of became a little Clint Eastwood but still a lot of it leaned on he was just cool and now he's back to being just cool and I appreciate that and I love what Daniel Logan's done I love that he's a flawed boy that became a flawed man like everything about him now now people are just like, of course, because he's such a complex and great character and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah, but he still just looks cool, too. Totally. Like, it's sometimes just that simple, dude. Absolutely. And, like, I I could boil it down to, I love Darth Maul because I love Vincent Price. I love a mustache-twirling, maniacal villain. <laughs> that doesn't have a mustache. He twirls his horns. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Polishes them. Like, that's what I loved so much about Trash Maul was, like, he was just crazy. Well, and that's the thing is he's gone through such a uh, journey, too. And, and um, we, we've mentioned before we have a WordPress now. Blogs are uh, coming. I, I spent some time working on that when I had some vacation recently. So we're going to be talking about Rebels through blogs on there. So nerdherderpodcast.wordpress.com. You can check us out there. Um, we will talk about Maul, though, once the story is completed yeah. um, in sequential order. Uh, you know what you know how it happens, but you still got some things to experience before getting to to uh, point B. So um, I look forward to being able to walk that journey because he has so much now. Um, yeah. And then so I, I, I'm not going to linger on it too much. I've mentioned already jokingly, but like Qui Gon, this film gave me my favorite Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave, gave me, me the greatest example I think of Jedi. Um, Luke in The Last Jedi definitely uh, gets there too, I think. But um, whereas Luke is uh, a Jedi uh, at the most opportune uh, and necessary times, and I'm clearly trying to be careful with making sure I don't make it sound like I'm criticized. Like, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. No, you love this character. I just think at key points he is a true Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I think we think of two very instantly being episode six and the last Jedi, obviously. But we have a lot of his story we still haven't gotten. And I, I know that there's more moments. But I, I think Qui-Gon em- embodies um, Jedi holisticness. Um, you know, yeah. this idea of it's just his poise. It's just him. Like, it's not because he's in a dire moment. It's literally just because he believes it. Like, he's He's just, he is a Jedi. Um, And I think at some point if we, I mean, we've talked off and on about it, I think, but we haven't given a full dig into what we mean 
by that because we both have had these conversations of like Jedi and what is and isn't mm-hmm. and what good and bad means of that and you know all of that stuff and but uh, obviously the prequels and it starts here it's about deifying the, the Jedi mm-hmm. it's about there are a particular group who are the star pupils and the examples and that's who everybody should want to be like um, and if you just shut up and comply then you'll be there too um, but then you've got characters like Qui-Gon where it's not about the piousness. It's not about, um, getting the, uh, the rank. It's not about getting the accolade or, or recognition or getting a chair. Uh, it's, it's about being a good person. And that was such a different concept. Um, Mm -hmm. when it came to Jedi, um, Uh, you know, when it comes to even how you approach religion and everything. And I think that's what ultimately that's commentary on. And that's what I love about it, uh, especially more recently in the past 10 years where I've gotten much more critical of faith and religion, Um, not to the point of not believing in something, but to the point of being more careful about believing in something and not uh, trying to practice something because that's two very different things. Um, And that applies to multiple religions, I think. Absolutely. Uh, If I could... Take it back to Ahsoka. Yeah. Like, that's one of the reasons. Church hurt. Church hurt real bad. Um, And I think that is a prime example of, I'm still going to be this thing, just not in your context anymore, which I have felt that so hard. Yeah. Well, and I mean, generationally, I mean, um, at least the American Christian church is at a a critical rate losing people. And, And it's not... It can be looked at as, look at all these people not choosing to be Christians. And it's like, no, it's not that. It's that they're choosing to be Christians over there. Yeah. It's that they're choosing to walk away from an institution, not a faith. And ultimately, Qui-Gon doesn't represent an institution. I'm not, you know, I'm not here as a Jedi Knight to free all slaves and be a hero. I'm just here. I'm just going where the Force leads and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what he does isn't... And, and you could argue the chosen one argument, but I don't think he does that for the sake of, well, the Jedi. Mm-hmm. No, no, he's like, no, I believe this kid is important to everything because I believe the Force is important to everything. I don't believe the Force is just important to the Jedi. So to say that this kid only matters to the Jedi is, well, in the words of Luke, vanity. It's this, you know, this hubris of this kid has the Force, therefore he's important to me because I'm a Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's well beyond that of just you you're bigger than what your life is experiencing right now yeah um and so i i love qui-gon i could go on and on i'm excited to get hopefully more and see more and do more uh with that character and everything absolutely because um, he's great and complex can't wait to see him and and um yeah we're finding a lot of things we need to take note and be like we maybe need to talk about this because people are definitely going to misunderstand us oh yeah um you know but uh yeah, I mean, I think that in all in all, uh, the Phantom Menace pushed so many boundaries of what Star Wars is, what it means, and and what we can see uh, in life through it. And, and, and you know, like I said, you know, um, it's important that people understand what Star Wars means to me to understand me. It's important to understand that I, I think the bigger things of the Phantom Menace in these movies we love come down to they're they have roots in something real mm-hmm. um they they can be traced back to something that's relatable and 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 that's why people love it and that's also maybe why people don't love it is because it's relatable and i don't like to relate to that 
um, you know, happens all the time where it's just like, this makes me feel and I don't like it, so it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think to ignore the the value and importance of The Phantom Menace is missing out on a great piece of Star Wars. Absolutely. So I hope that by us spending some time to talk about it and share why we love it and what we love about it um, and in the mini-so talk about, you know, why we think it kind of exists, like why we think prequel trilogy hate exists. Why we are so aggressive with our love. Right. Um, It's because we would rather... We'd rather just talk about what we love and let that be how we wage war against uh, fandom bullies and all that other stuff um, rather than just make our channel about, you know, throwing rocks back and forth because then nobody wins and, and then nobody has fun either. It's not about floating rocks. It's not. It's much bigger. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, so this will be something we do with the uh, remaining two films of the prequel trilogy as well. We'll uh, do Attack of the Clones, and then I think we have a little bit of a break because we have so much other stuff happening. Boy, how did you um, But then we will be back with um, Revenge of the Sith, and then maybe after that we will go ahead and follow up with the original trilogy. Um, again, this is kind of going in tandem with our What If series, so if you haven't listened to our What If about the prequel trilogy, do that. Um, I was half just drugged up because I, really I think I, we did that after I got uh, my COVID shot. Um, and boy, was I tired. Yeah, you're getting your second one soon. Yep, so boy, am I going to be more tired. Guys. Time to talk about Godzilla. No. <laughs> get the vaccine. Get the vaccine if please. you can. Um, if you are able to, please get the vaccine. Yep, do it for the greater good. Exactly. And, and so, the needs um, of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. There you go. Um, Kyle. Long live and prosper. Um <laughs> But yeah, you can go back and listen to our What If episode. Uh, we kind of only scratched the surface on what could have been different. Um, and, you know, but overall, we're taking time to see uh, these things we love, maybe from a theoretical standpoint, if something was slightly different. So that and these We Love uh, episodes are kind of twins. They go together. Um, yes, so they should be experienced together. You should experience all of it together. So that's why you should subscribe wherever you get this. So that you can get everything we do, all of that, Um, because we also have, we mentioned Mortal Kombat, Godzilla, we've got um, Bird and Bucky, we've got a lot. We need to start calling it by its actual name. It's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's it's Bird and Bucky, but it's also Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's a reason his name is top billed. But it's Bird and Bucky. It is. I I called it that as a joke once, and now you've latched onto it. It it is what it is, because that's that's the show. It's such a good show. It's Bird and Bucky, and we're going to talk about it. Um, and then more. So again, just so much goodness that you should be subscribed to get delivered directly, um, to your inbox, uh, ears, eyes, and orifices. Um, and just enjoy it. Just lift take a big old huff. Lift your foot up to your ear. You will hear this up. <laughs> exactly. It's a little unsettling, but you're into it. And, uh, be sure to let us know, um, if you love, uh, the Phantom Menace, what you love about it and why you love it, if you can mm-hmm. put it into words, um, and, and all of that. And, Maybe if it if you don't like it, maybe this week put it on your watch list when you get home and you're tired. Or actually, no, that's a bad time to watch it. No. Uh, caffeinate. Caffeinate. You know, get you a warm blanket. Make yeah. a nice, um, nice grab a cat. thing of popcorn. Get a, Just grab a cat. If you don't own a cat, don't worry. Just get a cat. One will come There's to your plenty. home. There's uh, plenty. It'll be delivered, <laughs> actually. Uh, for $5 a month on Patreon, we will deliver you a cat. Um I have to put in that that is not true. I think Doug would take away his picture. <laughs> anyway, um, 
But yeah, give it a chance. Try it, watch it, and, and see if anything's changed from the last time. And maybe, maybe who knows, you might have discovered your new next favorite Star Wars movie. Um, thank you to uh, all of the podcasts of Red 5 Network. They're awesome, and they do awesome things. And so you should go to red5network.com and uh, check out all of that because it's all there. It's all in one beautiful yeah. place. Um, yeah, and just subscribe for a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. Just a, um, just a motley crew of weirdos. Yeah, you get you get what you get with them, but they're great people. Um, and then uh, also, uh, we've mentioned before, lots of gaming stuff is happening. And if you're into gaming, or if you like games and you like people that cosplay those characters uh, and just show off their talent yeah. and make you feel inferior, you know what? We know a bunch of cosplayers that cosplay their favorite game characters, and, and you can catch them all over at Game Infinite. You can also catch new and exciting articles you can catch um news and information all of that good stuff is at gameinfinite.net or gameinfinite on instagram and twitter um and uh yeah uh support our our friends who support us and uh thank you to the people that pay for this sorry you pay for it but <laughs> i'm not sorry <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully we delivered you know all you people getting this crap for free i mean it's goodness gracious but sorry. uh yeah you can join patreon too if you want just a a dollar a month you can't even get good coffee yeah. for that so uh do that you <laughs> can get a subpar podcast yes but if you give us enough dollars we can get good coffee and then the quality of the show goes up exactly. it's a win-win if so we get enough patrons go. we uh, will buy starbucks we will buy starbucks and take everyone to it we will buy starbucks and we'll make ray park uh dressed as darth maul at every location at the same time for our mascot and we'll call it mall bucks <laughs> Or, or uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Dathomir's son or something. It'll be cool, but you got to join Patreon to get it to happen. You think we won't deliver, but I'm serious. I am completely serious. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Have a good night.